All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful DC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. Got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk, get vaccinated. But, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar 20. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Now, before we begin with this week's episode, last week I mentioned that I am starting a new segment with the listeners' questions. So if you have any questions, any comments, any concerns, uh, my therapist and I, you know, I got to put my two cents in. <laughs> we will be answering your questions. So for those of you that have not experienced therapy and you want to see what a glimpse of um therapy will be like from an experienced licensed therapist, please make sure to email us at hello at T-H-E-P-H-G-Podcast.com. I think this will be a great opportunity for you all that have not experienced therapy or even if you have experienced therapy and you just want to get a second opinion please make sure to email us. Um, and let's get on with this week's episode. Enjoy, y'all. Welcome. You are now listening to The Professional Welcome to this week's episode of the PhD Podcast. It's your girl, Ebony. And as always, I'm super excited about this week's episode. Uh, before we begin, let's do a little housekeeping. Please make sure to follow me on Instagram at the professional homegirl at the PhD Podcast. And last but not least, at Ebony Beauty. Please make sure to follow me on Twitter at T-H-E-P-H-G underscore. And last but not least, please make sure to visit the website at www.phepshgpodcast.com. 
Now, please keep in mind that all of my guests are anonymous. So let's begin this week's episode. So to my guests, how are you feeling? Hello, I'm good. I'm feeling <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> yeah, good, good. So I'm really excited about this week's episode because I feel like, I mean, y'all know I'm really big on inspiration and us encouraging each other through hard times. And I feel like my guest story is so inspiring. I found her on Instagram and I was just like, I have to get her story out there. So what are your misconceptions or what are some misconceptions you think about when it comes to single mothers? Because I know you are a single mother. Yeah, yeah. You I'm glad you are. You know, it's something I've really been uh, wanting to even share on my own platform because the impression that people get straight away when you talk about single parenthood um, and especially single mothers, um, let's just be honest, a lot of times they think of a certain race. Mm -hmm. So there's that, right? And a certain um, socioeconomical level. So Mm -hmm. essentially, for the most part, they think of a poor black woman. (laughs) Of course. Most people, right? And then we internalize it. So I'm a black woman. So, you know, it becomes I start our story. To, exactly. I start to normalize it <laughs> and it just is. Um, so, you know, I really want as part of what I do in my, in my own journey and story is to change that dynamic. So single mothers don't mean, you know, low income. It doesn't mean that you fit a certain um, stereotype of, you know, a bunch of bun- different kids and baby daddies. That's mm-hmm. not the case. <laughs> right. um, so yeah, just kind of like moving away from that, telling that story and, and, you know, understanding we're not a monolith, like we're very diverse and single moms can come from several different backgrounds and do several different things. And some single moms are single by choice. Like, they don't want to be bothered yeah. with the father of their kids. Or, <laughs> <laughs> or, I mean, they just, you know, did what they need to do the, to get pregnant. Or, I mean, you could have adopted and, and yeah. chose that that path. So, um, yeah, we, we can't just put our pigeonhole ourselves into one um, dynamic. I mean, my story is pretty, pretty um, standard. And this, well, part of it, I was married though first, um, but you know, then I love that. I broke Mm -hmm. your story down to a timeline because I wanted to take people from where you first started off with your journey after you was divorced to where you at now, Mm -hmm. because you did a lot within that first year, which is good. Yeah, which is (laughs) good. So, um, let's start from the beginning. So, you are divorced, Mm -hmm. and you left with your four-year-old and only three hundred dollars to your name. Yes. So, tell us about that time. Wow. Um, The only thing I can tell you is that I just had this inner knowing that I needed to leave. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That was the biggest thing. And that's really what kept me motivated. Um, And I had this quote that I put up on my mirror. And it's funny because it's been almost three years and that sticky note on my mirror has not fallen off. And Mm -hmm. it says, no miras patras. And in Spanish, that means don't look back. I mean, in English, okay. it means don't look back, yes. Mm-hmm. And I just had that faith that I knew that whatever path I was going down was the one that I needed to go down. Um, but I, in that, I also learned, um, as a lot of people do in a catastrophic way, mm-hmm. that I didn't prioritize myself for a long time. You know, I was in a marriage um, and I sacrificed everything <laughs> for, you know, to be a mother, to be a wife. Mm-hmm. And I thought, because she was pretty much a housewife, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, once I had our son, yeah, I was. 
And, um, you know, a lot of women, we do this thing where we like sacrifice and we hope that the other person sees our sacrifice. And then mm. in some way that's supposed to endear them right. um, to us. And it didn't really work that way. So I had no money of my own. You know, I hadn't saved for retirement. I hadn't saved in general all those years for myself. So, um, you know, even though I knew I needed to move forward on my own, I, I mean, financially it left me in a in a really bad place. So I know in your 20s, you were making 70K a year. Yeah. And now, and I'm quoting you on this part, you was like at 35 with a child, you were barely surviving. And yeah. the reason why I wanted <laughs> to bring this up because I was telling somebody about your story because I'm always excited about just sharing people's stories. And it was like, well, how, how she only had $300 net? But I'm like, girl, life happens. Like mm. one minute you can be up <laughs> right? and the next minute you can be yep. down. But, but you're not going to yes. be there forever. So like, I want yep. you to elaborate on that because She's also in her 20s and she just don't mm-hmm. understand. But like you mm. said, like, yes. sometimes you think that your spouse <laughs> is going to recognize your sacrifices. Yeah. Right. No, didn't happen like that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, I in my 20s, I was single. I had no children. So, you know, my career was pre- my predominant focus. So, yeah, I moved up the corporate ladder, ladder. I'm a pretty ambitious person. I think so, at least. And, and that's all I, that matters. Yeah. I really did at that point you know I was willing because I was in my 20s I, I didn't have to rush home and go home and do anything I was willing to work all the time so it helped me um and also I would say that I was at least in that at that time I was in finance and I was in a certain sector of finance that was very lucrative and mm-hmm. even as a very young person because I was able to uh pivot my career in that particular uh, niche I, I was able to make pretty good money fairly young <laughs> at a fairly right. young age yeah um but that job was extremely stressful I mean I can't tell you the number of health uh issues I had because I was so stressed it was such a high um demand job in finance I mean you know you have the stock market we were losing money I also was in finance when we had the market crash so mm-hmm. I was there when Wachovia went under and Lehman Brothers went under and so I wanted so to really 12 hour days <laughs> oh easily easily yeah. I would easily work 80 hour work week so yeah I mean that it sounds like 70,000 you know might be good for a mid to late 20 year old but the hours that I worked to get that 70,000 it, it really didn't make sense Um, so, you know, I wanted to kind of step away from that. And when I got married and had my son, I was like, okay, you know, well, we do okay financially. So perhaps, you know, I'll take a step out of corporate America. Well, that was detrimental later. I found out because to get back into corporate America, even though I had a good skill set, because I didn't want to go back into that same line of work, Mm -hmm. it it was, it was hard. (laughs) To make that jump back in. Yeah. To find work that paid well. Yeah. Well, I know you talked about that because after, after the divorce, you and your son moved into a basement room. Yes. It cost yep. $500 a month. Yes. <laughs> yep. And you talked about certain conditions. And I was like, yes. yo, what a humbling experience, Oh, my man. goodness. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, girl, oh. I feel you, man. But tell the people about the condition and stuff. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So just to give you guys some background about how I grew up so I can frame this for you. So I grew up pretty middle, upper middle class Mm -hmm. and uh, we weren't rich by any means. But I, you know, had a certain standard of living. And even in my 20s, straight out of college, I had a job right away. Um, And as I mentioned, I kind of worked my my way up. So I I always had like a decent um, home, shelter, car. Yeah, I was used to a certain 
level. Ain't no wrong with that. Yeah. <laughs> that's why oh. I was like, when I looked at your story and stuff, I was like, that's a humbling experience. Because when you're used to living a certain way. <laughs> yes. When you condition yourself to have this certain level of living, or I forget what the term is, but yeah, it, especially I think for women, it's hard to go backwards. <laughs> we sure can move is, forward, honey. but to have to dial that back a bit is is rough. And so, um, because I didn't have a lot, and I, I did end up finding a temporary data entry job. I made twelve dollars an hour, yeah. and um, that's where I found um, a room for rent for five hundred dollars in a basement. Mm-hmm. And the window was not sealed, so um, several nights there would be spiders roaches mm. coming in um the room and because it wasn't sealed when it rained um water would come in like literally i'd be asleep <laughs> in my room mm-hmm. on the bed and there was water like pouring in on my on my bed so and i had no place to put my furniture all i had literally in that room was a bed mm. and um i wouldn't bought some like plastic shelving and stuff like this from walmart or somewhere and um that's where my son and i lived <laughs> What would you say kept you going? Because I know at times when things get hard, even with myself, like, I just get so fucking depressed. Yes. Like, I, oh, <laughs> like, yeah, I get girl. so angry. Like, I'm like, how yes. the hell did I get in yeah. this situation? Like, what? <laughs> so, and it, yes. it's one thing to go through it by yourself, but you had your child. So, like, I yes. can only imagine yes. how you was feeling. Oh, like, what kept goodness. you going besides your child? Man. I know, right? So, just like I said, I grew up kind of middle class and I had both of my parents in my household the entire time so I already felt kind of like a failure (laughs) because I was like wow you know I couldn't sustain this marriage and you know I'm used to living pretty nicely and here I am in this basement and I you know I did I was very um isolated and which Mm -hmm. is not a good thing when you're dealing with something like that and um besides my son in terms of like just keeping myself going um the kind of back to what I said earlier, the one thing for me was like, I just knew it was just this deep knowing that I had, and I think it was very spiritual mm-hmm. um, that this was where I needed to be. Like I needed to be moving forward on my own. Um, mm-hmm. But, and I mean, I, I guess that's part of it, that spiritual connection that I had um, where I just told myself, you know, I'm not going to focus on the future. I'm not going to beat myself up over the past. I'm just going to keep putting one foot in front of the other and one foot in front of the other. And each day, that's all I focused on was that day. Well, um, that was my next question. Yeah. When did things start to turn around for you? Uh, so the first thing that kind of opened up for me was I had kind of been in the ear of one of our managers asking for a uh, position, a training position, because I had done some training, a corporate training job a little bit um, with some prior companies. So I finally (laughs) talked her into it. (laughs) And, you Mm -hmm. know, it's funny because I had the meeting about them letting me finally take on this training role. And she basically said, we've, I mean, I shouldn't say basically verbatim said, this is the bottom of the barrel because Mm. nobody else wants it. We'll give it to you. (laughs) <laughs> wow thanks wow right exactly <laughs> that make me feel you know, good about myself <laughs> talk about again humbling you know what I'm saying like I feel like I had so much education you know I have my uh at least a bachelor's and I had done so much and I had all sorts of certifications and here I am having a conversation to convince somebody that I should do a job that I already know I'm overqualified and then they tell me I'm the bottom of the barrel yeah that was wow it really was like you really didn't have to say all that but you know again that 
I don't know if I just had a pride issue and I needed to be humble. No, because she could have said it was entry or level. What? <laughs> like Right. Something. Girl, give me a something. So that was kind of my first break because once I got into that training role, what it did for me was it allowed me to put it on my resume, you know, allowed me in a space where I was already <laughs> expected, expected to not do very much. Yeah. You know, I really could kind of flex and I, I took that role. And I, when I say I ran with it, I ran with it. Like I would go <laughs> home in the evening and I would be studying adult learning and training um, techniques and technical writing because it was a lot of technical um, training on systems. So, I mean, I just, I just owned it. I literally owned it. I revamped their entire training program to the All point right. where they just couldn't deny me anymore. Right. And so that was when I finally, and this was the thing, they didn't give me a raise straight away. <laughs> I was still making that $12 an hour mm-hmm. <laughs> for about another four or five months. Um, and then they finally bumped me up to like $16, but oh. yeah. One thing I was always told, and, and this is like a testament to your story, is you have to work for the job you want and not the job yeah. that you have. Yep. Mm, I believe that. Yeah. And I mean, some of it is kind of just paying your dues. Like people want to be able to walk in and just <laughs> step in and get get all the money. And, um, you know, they really haven't proven themselves. And I'm not saying that has to happen all the time. But, yeah, you got to work for the job that you want. Uh, I, I would second that sentiment for sure. So I know that starting over, it really made you look at your finances differently. Yes. Mm-hmm. Why was and, and why do you think that when women get married or when some women get married, that they don't look at their finances, they look toward their husband mm. taking care of it. Yes. Of it. <laughs> yeah. I all I can tell you is that I was in a fairy tale in my own brain, girl. I don't know who told me this <laughs> because it's funny because my mom manages all the finances in, in their home. So I was very mm. much used to like my mom being that person and she taught me a lot. And, and then, like I said, I worked in finance. y'all. Yeah. Like I was a financial advisor before. So, and that goes to tell you that knowledge is not power. It's mm. knowledge, knowledge applied is power. So you can know all the things that you want to know. And I knew a ton about finance. I even coached people through budgets myself for years as part wow. of my job. And I didn't apply it. I just didn't. And we didn't apply it as, as a married couple. So um, my fin- finances just weren't in order. Ours as a, as a family unit weren't in order because we just weren't on the same page. That's a whole different thing. But yeah, mm-hmm. being in that struggle every single dollar I, that came into my household when I was only making $12 an hour had to be put to work. There was no fluff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, yeah, that was when I started to say, huh, maybe I should apply all this stuff that I know. <laughs> um, one of the things I liked about your story is, and I, I don't know. I just thought this was so good to say, because I feel like it's all about the narrative and how you tell things to yourself. Mm-hmm. And you were saying about how you only had like four dollars and something in your savings. Yeah. But but you was happy that it wasn't in yes. the red. <laughs> and I was like, yo, that is so true because anybody else would have been like, all I got is four dollars in my savings. But you're like, yo, at least I'm not in the red. Yes. <laughs> yeah, because you know, there were and a that's lot a of fact. Times, right. I can't even tell you how many times I overdrew my account. They probably got tired of me, like, ma'am. You can't no, real shit. You cannot yes. keep doing this. <laughs> Can you please stop? <laughs> um, so to be in a place where I wasn't overdrawing my account was like progress for me. 
Mm-hmm. And that was crazy because for a lot of people, they would probably lose their mind if all they had was $4 in their savings. Um, and and to be honest, I didn't have anything in the checking either. So that was mm-hmm. like all that I had, <laughs> literally $4.85. Uh, I, I mean, I remember it clear as day um, at the end of the year. I think that was December like 2018. And um, I mean, Let's so let's touch on that. Yeah, a lot of I feel my transformation was spiritual first, and I started to really focus on being grateful, mm. uh, really focus on just having internal peace about my situation and not trying to rush to the next thing and trying to like fill in the gaps where I couldn't figure out, you know, what my next job was going to be or how was I going to improve my situation. You know, I just started to be grateful and thankful for what I had. Um, because eventually it moved out of that basement, of, <laughs> that basement, I don't even want to call it an apartment, a room. Mm-hmm. And I got my own apartment. Um, and even though I slept on a blow up twin air mattress for months, uh, it was mine. <laughs> 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 and that was like the first time that had happened uh, where I could, you know, see this inkling of me being able to rebuild my own life on my own terms. Yeah. What were some of the other things you accomplished? Because I know you got like a car. You got your yeah. own plans. You <laughs> yeah. And I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'm so happy we can rally around each other, girl. This is like, yes. this is what we need. We need, yeah. we need stuff like this because, I mean, life is hard, especially when girl. you don't have the support mm-hmm. that you need from, like, your family. Yeah. Your, I mean, you're not in a relationship, so all you have is yourself. Like, we need mm-hmm. to tell these stories and get this inspiration going because life is hard oh, yeah <laughs> it was it was rough you know and, and I couldn't be mad at nobody but myself yeah I mean a lot <laughs> of times we do do it to ourselves yeah. yeah I was like wow I've really uh you know I've done myself this time but so yeah I was uh even though my credit was impacted when with my divorce and my ex um did some some things that I felt <laughs> Uh, was kind of on purpose that impacted both of our credit scores. Uh, I still was able to to finance a vehicle, mm-hmm. uh, which was, you know, a miracle to me by itself because I really didn't have the income. I hadn't even been at that job very long. And I just happened to um, meet a, a, de- a car dealer person. I can't even think of the name of the people that sell the cars, car salesmen. <laughs> and um, yeah, you know, I kind of briefly told him my story and he was just like, okay, we need to get you, you know, a car. Um, because I had a, a paid off vehicle, but my ex took that. It was just like a whole thing. So mm-hmm. long story short, uh, I got financed for a vehicle, which I still have. <laughs> I've had for a while now and I love it. Um, yeah, I shouldn't have been able to qualify for that vehicle. So to me, that was just a miracle. It's a little Chevy Cruze, but I love it. And I think it's the cutest thing. Um, <laughs> And at one point, yeah, I didn't even have the resources to really purchase food. So my son and I would frequent this uh, food pantry uh, that's part of where, like, kind of the community I live in near where I live. And um, I was finally able to not have to go to the pantry at one point. That was when I started to make the $16 an hour. And um, so, yeah, I got the apartment. Oh, and I, I was able to get furniture very, very slowly. You know, we want we want things to just happen. And Mm -hmm. (laughs) this was a test of my patience. And I really think it developed in me this this ability now that I use to help me with my finances, uh, which is to be patient, patient and disciplined. So Mm -hmm. I would get things off of Facebook Marketplace (laughs) and uh, slowly but surely, you know, I started to fill in 
furniture and things in my apartment. Lamps. I mean, you think of all the things that you need to rebuild your life. I, ha- I didn't right. even have dish towels. I didn't have trash cans or whatever, trash baskets. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I had to get everything. If there were some things you would have done differently, what would it have been? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> that is a loaded question. I think like, the main thing. Oh, go ahead. Now, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? So the thing that comes to mind right away is to deprioritize other people. Like we mm. put such a priority level, especially me. I don't know why, and but it's not just me. I know for sure, but I put this priority on the men in my life, mm. and I would deprioritize myself. And you know, even my friends Yo, and I'm a daughter. A <laughs> yes, I'm a niece. You know, I'm all these other roles. I'm a mother, and um. And that one's a really hard one. You know, I really, really want to make my son's life charmed. You know, I don't want him to ever have to feel anything. But the point is, that's not really setting him up for success either, right? Mm -hmm. So I would say number one thing that I wish I would have done differently before is just really to prioritize myself a month, you know, ahead of all those other things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I like that you said, and even I have to like, I was just like, wow, because like, I think I think about this statement that you made a lot, and it was the biggest mistake that you made was thinking that a job or your spouse <laughs> will look out yep. for you financially. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And I was so. just like, yo, how many people? <laughs> no, it's so real because sometimes you really do think that the person that you're with, like you live in a fairy mm-hmm. tale, like you think that's yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and I don't want to sound cynical, and I hope that didn't come off like I was bashing anybody or any person. Oh, no, person. no, I didn't take it like that. I mean, that's just oh, really good. shit. Yeah, like, you just yeah it is. You just can't depend on a job or, a, a, I'm not going to say a man, <laughs> your Whoever, spouse. Right, man, woman, partner, right, whatever right, you got. Right, your partner. <laughs> Partners. <laughs> Even though I don't be trusting men out here, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm saying. You got to prioritize you. Be a, before anything else because there's a lot of shady folks and I live in the Atlanta area so I feel like it's amplified oh, yeah. here exactly <laughs> but what made you come to that conclusion uh I mean I I was a product of of thinking of that way of thinking and, I, and yeah. it didn't work out for me right so in the end I realized like uh, for just to put some context around that so when I did leave um my ex who made more than double what I was making at the time um, said that he would pay for our son's uh, pre-K. Mm. Uh, I think it was like 300 or so dollars a month. It wasn't, you know, extremely crazy, but long story short, once he found out <laughs> that I wasn't really coming back, <laughs> <laughs> that ended. Right. And he right. was, I mean, he literally was like, well, I, I'm not going to pay. And I mean, that, that does touch on another subject, which is this, uh, thing that people are realizing is is financial abuse like abuse mm. by men especially and it's not always the case towards women generally um where they flex you know their their financial uh Facts. ability or whatever what they have financially to uh sway uh motivate push you know kind of drive women to have certain sort of behaviors and i think that's what it was it was kind of like i'm going to pay as long as i think there's a glimmer of hope for us to be together but since you really gonna leave me I'm just gonna cut you off completely 
Mm. Um, and that was a whole, you know, that sent me into, into a tailspin. I almost lost this apartment that I had three months in because now uh, my budget, which was already maxed out, I had to find $300 to pay for my son's pre-K. Mm. And at that point, I will tell you, I, I seriously thought about going back to him because yeah. I didn't know how I was going to do it. I mean, not even going back to him is for the sake of your child. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is so messed up. It's like, it's your child, too. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, <laughs> that's a whole nother conversation. But I'm when like, stuff you like want your son in pre-K or no? But what when stuff want? like that happened, and, I, and you don't have to get too deep into it. Cause I know this is a, right. This is not what we're talking about. But <laughs> I'm just curious. Like, do you regret marrying him? Um, you know, <laughs> so one of my favorite artists is Prince. Mm-hmm. and so he he got asked something similar before and I said you know that's the answer I always have to that sort of question and um essentially if you take one piece out of the puzzle you won't be able to see the picture anymore mm. so for me to do away with that piece of my life would mean that I wouldn't have made it to where I am now and I feel like I'm just such a stronger um just more centered more grounded individual Mm -hmm. and I just feel like they're so my character has really been um developed in a way that it wouldn't have been otherwise without Mm -hmm. that situation so I mean some days I do (laughs) kind of like wow you really made that decision right (laughs) like what were you thinking you know I get a little frustrated but you know I do turn my uh, focus straight away back to the to the fact that you know I'm really better for it um I went through a lot but I'm better for it Mm -hmm. Throughout this journey, what would you say was your biggest lesson of all? Um, <laughs> I just read this quote today, and that's like, drop is... these quotes on us, right? I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's you know, maybe that is part of my motivation. Like, I just I do journal and I script and I just write out all of the good, the bad, everything that keeps me motivated. Um, and quotes have really been a part of that for me. But mm-hmm. the one thing I would say the overarching thing is bet on yourself. Mm. That would be my biggest lesson. Like be down for you (laughs) because I have outdone myself. Like I can't even tell you um, how I've blown my own mind Mm -hmm. and how I've been able to succeed in ways that I could never have done. Um, Even when I was single before and when I was married, like I'm doing stuff, I've never done. Uh, for instance, I've saved like a few thousand dollars. I've never saved more than like a couple thousand dollars before in my mm-hmm. life. Even when I made good, you know, quote unquote, good money. Yeah, right. I'm blowing my own mind. So, so stay down and bet on you. And last but not least, what is some advice that you would give to our listeners, especially those that are single mothers? <laughs> oh man, Whew. what advice do I have for single mothers? Because single oh. mothers are superheroes, man. Yeah, we we the shit. Yeah, we amazing. Y'all the shit, man. Oh man, kids, I, y'all polite and shit. I <laughs> but, know, right? Like, how are we doing? You know, and part of it is like because I feel like I just don't have the ability to uh, do anything else. You know, I have to. My life has to be so um, together and organized, and I really got to be. Um, on all cylinders because I don't have a backup, you know, it's no buffer. 
Ain't mm-hmm. nobody else in here that could manage this for me. You know, it's on my shoulders. And I don't see that as a burden. I see that ownership really as a blessing. Mm. Um, but I would say for my single mothers is to please, please take care of yourself first. And I mean, in all ways, look out mm-hmm. for you. Um, but especially, uh, you know, building some like quiet time and some time mm-hmm. to just really focus back on yourself and that maybe that's just self-care make sure you're practicing self-care oh man I oh, I can't yeah. tell you how... <laughs> because in, in my <laughs> 20s I struggled with depression and anxiety before any of this happened I, I and even now I still work through anxiety every mm-hmm. day and um I don't take medication anymore so for me that self-care practice is paramount I can't go forward in my day without yoga. I do mm-hmm. practice meditation daily. Um, just getting out of nature that helps me. Uh, I mean, it helps you in a lot of physical ways, but mentally and, and spiritually. Yeah. yeah. That's what I miss about the South for sure. Oh yeah. It's, I mean, it's gorgeous to me here in Georgia uh, with these hills and then the trees is just like so nice, but mm-hmm. um, you know, I can't be the mom that I want to be. I can't be the employee that I want to be. I can't be the business owner I want to be until I've made sure that I'm restored and, and, um, and rested and yeah. <laughs> all of that. Right. So we lose that. I lose that. I have to remind myself constantly to practice self-care um, and to make sure I'm protecting my mental health because that anxiety is Girl, not, a no joke. Joke. <laughs> it's not a joke. It's not a joke. Girl, I, I suffer from anxiety as well. So I'm in therapy and stuff. Mm-hmm. Man, Good, when, great. Yeah, when I first had my first anxiety attack, I didn't know yes. what. I thought I was dying. Panic attacks are, yes. Yes. And it's funny because just this week I was like, I could tell I was on the verge on it. And I think that's one of the things that I've actually developed in this journey is being able to, to almost step outside of myself and really recognize the emotional um, responses that come out of certain situations. And um, like I said, I mean, I'm not anti-medication. I've taken it before. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just don't now, but we got to know how to, how to, you know, love on ourselves and, yeah. and, give ourselves the space we need to heal and to, like I said, be restored. We just don't do enough of it. And when you don't have a backup, you know, if you get sick, <laughs> I can't call nobody. <laughs> yeah. And my family no, doesn't live fact. here. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm, I'm developing what I call my sister circle. So mm-hmm. I have women, you know, I lean on for sure. I can't even, I would be remiss to not mention that my family is still, even though they're miles and miles away, a big part of, um, me being able to to be here um, and my friends but at the end of the day sis it's still you <laughs> yeah all you guys yourself sometimes mm-hmm. well I wanted to say thank you so much for taking the time out to speak with me I'm pretty sure a lot of girls are going to be hitting me up so if you want to connect <laughs> with my guests I know Good. all my guests are anonymous but for those who do have services and platform or if you're just like inspired by their story please make sure to email me at hello at t-h-e-p-h-g-podcast.com and I would make sure that my guests will reach out to you and y'all can yes create your own bond because we all we have is each other mm-hmm. so if you have any questions comments concerns make sure you hit me up and until next time guys later later (laughs) that's cute (laughs) right got my prevnar 20 shot it's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine 
For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic, and at higher risk. Get vaccinated. But, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't give Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar 20. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.